Bet Elul Tafshin Ayin Tet, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Oh, 
Am Yisrael, Aaron Razel. Am Yisrael, Aaron Razel. Opens up another live, live, live edition of the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We're here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time, and around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that is the time that we're on. Or, if you miss it, no problem, no problem. You can hear the archives. You can hear a version of this show on the archives. No, you can hear the show on the archives. Whenever you like, archives of the Nachum Siegel Network can be found on the internet, on the web, at nachumsegel.com. Click archives, click the Israel show. You can choose to listen to any one of the many hundreds of shows that we've done over the past six and three quarters years. Or, the smartest thing to do is get a smartphone, hence the name. Um, Download the Nachum Siegel Network app onto your smartphone. And then you can listen all day to the Nachum Siegel Network, to the great music, to the great programming. And you have access to the archives where you can download... Any show, the Israel show or any other show on the network, download it into your phone when you're in Wi-Fi, listen when you're in the car or wherever you are. A lot of opportunities, a lot of options. And don't forget, we have a great web, uh, web, we have a great Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show, one word, facebook.com slash the Israel show, and we post lots of stuff. We posted the article. It got a lot of feedback. We posted the article that we discussed at length last week about how the Democratic Party is basically gone vis-a-vis supporting Israel. Um, that was in Tablet Magazine. I later, later in the week, actually, it was translated into Hebrew and uh, where it is less needed, but still very important and um, was uh, appears on the website of Mida, Mida.org, a very good website in Hebrew about um, a conservative think tank type. Um, so go to our Facebook page and give us a like. As you give us a listen, give us a like and take a look. La la, la la, la la. We're going to talk about... Um, tension up north in Israel. Hopefully that tension is over. This round is over as most experts in Israel are saying. And uh, we'll also tell you about we, we, we usually like to highlight the um, Israel's great accomplishments in the world of sports. I think um, if you think about it now Yesterday was September 1st, 2019. On September 1st, 1939, Hitler's armies invaded Poland and began World War II. If you think about that, to think that today we have a strong Israel and we have strong Jews 
and hence I enjoy talking about that. Israel won the gold medal in the World Judo Championship, which took place in Japan, where I believe the Olympics are going to take place, and the incident, often there are incidents between Israeli athletes and Arab athletes, Muslim athletes, from um, countries that, uh, even from countries like Egypt that have a peace treaty with Israel. But um, this case is rather unusual. We'll tell you about the Iranian athlete. That and more coming up on today's edition of the Israel Show. Now, we're going to highlight mostly songs that have to do with Selichot of Eidot HaMizrach. Eidot HaMizrach, our Sephardic brethren, have begun saying Selichot yesterday. They say for the whole month. Wow. It's a trade-off. I always say, Kitniyot Pesach, whole month of Selichot, you decide. <laughs> you don't really get to decide. <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, after this song, we'll dedicate a lot of uh, songs to that. But this is a song that's going out to all the kids in Israel that started school yesterday. This is the quintessential opening day of school song in Israel. It's called Kol Od by Yoni Rechter and Avner Kenner. And we're happy to share it with you here at the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Bachov <laughs>
Beautiful and uh, emotional, emotion-filled song about a kid going to school, learning the Aleph bit. Yesterday was the first day of school in Israel, September the 1st, it always is. Turned out it was also Rosh Chodesh, a little, a lot of new beginnings. Before we go on, if you're listening live or uh, still on Monday or so, our, uh, we're praying for the people in Florida. So many families, elderly, young, that need help. So just uh, what can we do? We can pray for them and hope that this storm takes a turn as oftentimes it does, but oftentimes it doesn't takes a turn and goes into the sea let's um, all remember to keep them in our prayers wish uh, to thousands of young men and women who are leaving for Israel these days to spend the gap year in a program of uh, reinforcing their Jewish education their love of Israel, their Zionism, and uh, my day job is responsible for about 700 of these kids. We're very proud of that. Many, many are leaving today, tomorrow, but we'll continue to be leaving over the next week. Tzidchem shall have a fruitful year in Israel. 
and an inspiring year. And Mazel Tov to Stacey and Nachum, Kayla and Binyamin Siegel. Mazel Tov also to the Levinson family on the amazing wedding of Kayla and Binyamin, which took place last week. One of the most beautiful chupot, if not the most beautiful chupot, it was Regal. Nachum Siegel and Stacey and Nachum uh, the king and the queen, this was a regal wedding. Really amazing. Especially the chuppah, which was gorgeous. So, mazel tov to everybody. As we ended off the show last week, we threw in one line, which was, keep your eyes on northern Israel. There's going to be something happening the Hezbollah, the terrorist organization led by Nasrallah, has been threatening to um, revenge, to take revenge on Israel for an attack that Israel perpetrated in Lebanon for the first time in a very long time. What was that attack? Israel discovered that Hezbollah is working with the help of Iran on creating guiding systems for their missiles. It is said that Hezbollah has tens of thousands, some say over a hundred thousand missiles in southern Lebanon pointing at Israel. The one advantage that Israel has is that those missiles cannot be guided. They can't be Specified to go to a certain place. They can be shot off and they'll land randomly. Now, if you have so many tens of thousands of missiles, surely, unfortunately, unless there's an open miracle, they're going to land and hurt people, kill people, destroy homes, destroy factories, who knows what. And the only way that um, Israel holds back the Hezbollah from doing that and from entering uh, northern Israel is um, by making sure that they're afraid enough of Israel and they know that if they attack Israel, Israel is going to bomb them to, uh, to oblivion maybe. I don't know what to say. But bomb the heck out of them. And they'll pay such a price that it, they realize it won't be worth it. In fact, the head of Hezbollah, Nasrallah, since the last war, which is numerous years ago, has lived in a bunker. And his his big uh, announcement last week that Israel better be careful because we are going to attack you. If you attacked us, we're now going to come and we're going to take revenge and it's going to happen. If it doesn't happen today, it'll happen tomorrow. If not tomorrow, the next day. That whole big bombastic speech took place from a bunker in his bunker outside he had a lot of people congregate they had a big rally and they were cheering him and everything but he was in the bunker so he is afraid and that is what keeps the that side somewhat quiet the deterrence factor, 
which many would argue is lost, for example, in Aza, continues strongly in Lebanon. And Israel has been very clever. And everybody admits, by the way, even Netanyahu's, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu's strongest enemies admit that he's done an amazing job up north in keeping the deterrence and making sure that Iran doesn't uh, get more of a toehold. So as Israel's expecting this to happen, yesterday it happened. And there were two, was it two or four, uh, anti-tank missiles. These are guided missiles, which is in itself a difficult situation that Israel is in. That means Hezbollah does have, we don't know how many, guided missiles, anti-tank missiles and others that they can use. They shot at uh, Israeli soldiers in a, in an ambulance. Now, there were soldiers in the ambulance just a few minutes before the shooting. Whether they left because they knew that the, sh- that the missiles were en route and they ran out of the, um, of the ambulance, the military ambulance or not, is unknown. But the two missiles did land in Israel and did hit, one hit the uh, military ambulance and one hit a uh, military area. And at that point, it was not clear if anybody was killed, if anybody was injured, if anybody uh, was wounded. And what Nasrallah, what the Hezbollah want is to be able to say, okay, we've taken out our revenge we've killed an Israeli soldier or we've wounded Israeli soldiers, we've done damage. And now we can go back to the, to the um, balance of power of the mutual deter- deterrence of um, we won't hit you, you won't hit us. Israel, it turns out, had a plan to help Nasrallah come down from this high place that he put himself of, we're going to take revenge on you. Israel wanted to show him that people were injured or killed. And so they had set up a, a whole little show. It's just amazing. Where you see soldiers carrying out what would be theoretically a wounded soldier or a dead soldier on a stretcher covered up. He's loaded into a helicopter, flown to Rambam Hospital in Haifa, and there, again, photographers get glimpses of the um, this uh, body on a stretcher unclear, alive or dead and so forth taking the body on a stretcher into the hospital so what was the plan? the plan was that Sahal would not say whether they were or were not injured just wouldn't announce and the hopes that the media also would not announce whether they were or weren't injured fortunately the plan went a little awry and Israel ended up with some egg on its face because almost immediately it was discovered that there were no injuries and that this uh, and then a little later on it was discovered that this whole thing was a, a, a sham um, it, it, it was a ruse 
that Israel tried to pull in order to give Nasrallah something in his hand so that he can say, we got back at those Israelis. We injured one of their soldiers. We killed a soldier, whatever it is. What happened was that in this day and age, you can't keep in... We've spoken about this numerous times. You can't keep information like that a secret. The Israeli uh, sent the IDF censor, part of the IDF spokesperson division, uh, asked several uh, newspapers and social media not to publish anything. Meaning, don't say they were injured and don't say they weren't injured. Just don't discuss it. And when they found one or two popular tweets, tweeters who tweeted that no one was injured, they called, they contacted them, they asked them to take it down, many of them did. But ultimately, one of the ministers in the government, Yoav Gallant, also high, former high-ranking army officer, a general, um, in some interviews said there were none, no injured, and obviously it seems he didn't get the memo. So it was it, that part of it was done rather haphazardly and not well enough. But it could be that this this little uh, charade succeeded, because in Lebanon they're claiming that uh, they shot an Israeli, they they hit an Israeli soldier and uh, severely wounded him, and they can use those photos uh, to show their people their narrative of what happened. Interesting. There is a um, a gentleman by the name of Boaz Golan who started a website. Um, it's a website. It's an app. It's a news organization called FS Arba FS Arba zero four zero four, which um, which gives the news from a more right wing position gives the news from a more right-wing position and has he's developed into a, a, a very good source of information and he also now has a show on uh, Channel 20 in Israel every night in which he discusses news that you don't hear in other places and he relates some of what happened back and forth and at the end of the day, he says, when he asked the censor, the military censor this morning, what what happened? Like, how, how could it happen? So, th- so he admitted to him, we lost control. We lost control of this story. And that's the, that's this, unfortunately, that has to happen these days. You can't control a story anymore. The world of information is too open, too quick, too instantaneous, I would say, to think that you can control any one piece of information is just... I don't understand why in Israel they haven't learned that lesson yet. They will eventually. I guess it'll take time. 
So that is that. We're going to go to some music. The famous, probably the most famous piece of Silichot of Edot HaMizrach, Adonah Silichot, done in the traditional melody. This one is by David Daor in a uh, live performance. Hope you enjoy it. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network.
David Daor in concert with the classic Adonis Silichot. Many evenings, especially as we get closer to Rosh Hashanah, the Kotel um, Plaza is packed thousands and thousands of people and they sing this t- all together in unison it is uh, it's amazing there have been videos of it and um, if I can find one quickly I'll post it but it's really it, it's so moving it's so emotional so before we go on to the next story about the judo judo Iran and Israel this just came in and it fits in perfectly with what we were just talking about that a military source reveals to the Israeli media that Nasrallah of Hezbollah the head of Hezbollah has sent messages to Israel using three conduits three other countries that have relations with Israel and that Hezbollah can use to send messages to Israel, communicate with them, that Hezbollah sees this round, so to speak, as being over, meaning what happened yesterday was, uh, as far as he's concerned, was the official revenge, Nikama, for the Israeli um, attack last week, and they are asking Israel not to attack any further. I guess it worked. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to this, Roshan, the Nachum Siegel Network. Israel. I mean, who would have thunk it? The Jewish people. Israel has become a judo empire. A judo superpower. Israel is a superpower in several areas. It's a military superpower, thank God. Actually, one can say it's a Torah superpower, a superpower of Torah study. It is a high-tech superpower. It is also a judo superpower. It's pretty amazing. Eighty years ago yesterday, the Jews of Poland couldn't do a thing against the beginning of the Nazi onslaught, which ended up in slaughtering and murdering, annihilating most of Polish Jewry, much of Russian Jewry, six million people, a number that is hard to imagine. It's 80 years later. Israel's a superpower in so many areas. But most importantly, in military Torah study. Israel's also a television superpower. So many uh, TV shows, of Israeli TV shows, which have been converted into American TV shows, Homefront, we know, is one of them, and many others. In fact, um, there's a good opportunity to mention that on Friday, Netflix is releasing a series on Ellie Cohen, the spy Ellie Cohen. We've spoken about him many, many, many times. Spied uh, for Israel in Syria under an assumed uh, identity and was caught and hanged, and his body was never found. His wife who is alive to this day, and his daughter would love to have a place that they could go to, a burial plot that they can go to, but that doesn't seem to be happening. 
Anyway, the spy Eli Cohen, who helped Israel enormously and was a part of the victory of 1967, even though he was dead already by then, this uh, series begins this coming Friday, September the 6th. That's when Netflix will release it. I hope it'll be good. I'm digressing a little. I hope it'll be good. Eli Cohen is, <laughs> is played by another Jew, another Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen, and the reviews say that he did a great job. He's not usually seen as a dramatic actor. So we look forward to that. Anyway, back to judo. This, all this was a big parenthesis before judo. Last week, Israeli judo, judoka Sagi, it's, no, it's Sagi, Sagi Muki, took the gold medal at the 2019 World Judo Championships in Tokyo in the under 179 pound category. That is just amazing. Israel's won Olympic medals in judo and so forth. The first Olympic medal it ever won was a bronze in judo. So judo is a, a big deal. I, I, I heard an interview recently with Yael Arad who won the first ever Israeli medal which was that bronze in judo. Why she thinks judo is so popular in Israel. She says, well... Part of it is that we're that's us, you know. We're uh, we're a country that n- knows how to fight. <laughs> so Sagi Muki won this uh, this very prestigious world championship. Now, the real story. Well, not the real. That is the real story. That there's a side story, and the side story is about the Iranian judoka who was ranked until uh, this uh, point number one in the world. His name is Saeed Molai. I, I don't know if that's pronouncing it right or not. Saeed Malawi. Oh, he was also competing in this tournament. And he wanted to win the tournament. When he reached a certain point in the standings, there's a quarterfinal, a semifinal. So before the quarterfinal, whatever that's called. In Hebrew, it's called Shmini Tagmar. One-eighth final. The Iranian government got the feeling that it could work out that if he wins this next fight, he will end up having to fight the Israeli, and they're not going to let him do that. It's against the law in Iran, so he claims. So there was a call made by the minister of uh, sports of Iran to the coach of Saeed, and he was told that he should... Just pass. You know, take a loss. So that he wouldn't have to compete against Israeli at the end. And, added the Minister of Sports of Iran, if you don't do that, you know, you don't want to see anything bad happen to your family or to you. Mafia. That is not surprising that the Iranians conduct everything in that way. It's a totalitarian regime that should be the scourge of the earth. And yet people like Prime Minister Macron of France want to get President Trump talking with their foreign minister, Zarzif. Our previous president, Obama, made a deal with them, transferring billions of dollars that they now can use for terrorist activities in cash, in cash, in cash. So that's what they did, and he got very scared. Said Mulawi got very, very panicky. 
he wanted to compete, but his family was being threatened. He started crying. He broke down. Others saw what was happening. The International Judo Federation had somebody go over to him, saw that he needed help, tried to help him out and figure out what to do. Everybody knows what happened. And yet, Iran is, continue, is allowed to continue to compete in the, in the Olympics and in other sports. Shouldn't that stop them? Well, he continued. He won that match. And he seemed to defy the uh, threats. He won that match. And he continued to the quarterfinals. Well, now his coach got another call. The head of the Iranian Olympic Committee called and said that the Revolutionary Guard have arrived at his parents' home. Additionally, friends of his sent text messages to the um, Iranian judoka saying that, hey, there, there, there are soldiers, the Iranian Guard, there are soldiers at your parents' house. Well, obviously, the pressure was insane. And at the semifinals, he made sure to lose. He just made sure to lose. And then he disappeared. And then he disappeared. And everybody was saying, what happened to him? And Iran said, oh, oh it was all planned out. We, we knew this was going to happen, uh, that he would disappear. We made him disappear, in fact. What we did was we, um, we sent a uh, committee over there to bring him back safely and uh, we escorted him out quietly, and everything is fine. But of course, that was not the truth, because Iran doesn't tell the truth. Now, some stories say that he sought asylum in Germany. He claims that he has an apartment in Germany, and that he often trains there, and he went back to his apartment in Germany. I'm not really sure how that works, especially since it is his family in Iran that are under threat. Supposedly, he is going to now start a new life in Germany as a German citizen. I don't know. I, I think there's more to this story that's going to come out, and we'll try and keep you appraised of it. What a world we live in. What a hypocritical world we live in, where on campuses around America, Israel's portrayed as a demon. Israel's portrayed as an apartheid state. And yet... Look at the real demons. Nothing's happening to them. One of my favorites, Yoni Genot with Lachayli Teshukati, again from the Eidot HaMizrach. This is from the Tefilot of Yamim Noraim. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Teshukati Bechach eshki Vehavati Lecha Libi Vechiliotai Lecha ruchi Venishmati Lecha yadai Lecha aglai Thank <laughs> you. 
גביעתי. לך עיניי ורעיוני, וצורתי ותבניתי לך רוחי, לך כוחי. מבטחי ותקוותי. the bagpipes <laughs> I just uh, that's an amazing song the Haile Teshukati brought to you by um, 
Yoni Genut, a really interesting, wonderful uh, gentleman, Talmud Chacham, singer, songwriter. This particular melody, the composer of this tune, is someone by the name of Mark Knopfler. He's one of the founders and lead guitarists for the uh, rock band Dire Straits. And it was uh, adapted by, adapted and adopted by Yoni Genut for that beautiful rendition. For that beautiful rendition, we'll post a link to that and all the other songs that we've played during the show on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel show. Tomorrow is the uh, tomorrow Gimel Elul. Tonight and tomorrow is the Yorzeit over of Cook. Just mentioning it, we've spoken about um, Ruf Cook many times over the years on the show, and I'm sure we will sp- speak about him many more times. A giant, a giant of Jewish rabbinic leadership and Jewish leadership in general. So, um, that is his yard site tonight and tomorrow. Give him a little. You may want to keep that in mind as well. Um, and Rosh Chodesh Elul. Yesterday we began saying at the end of our tefillot, some of our tefillot, Mizmor Tehillim, that begins with the words, L'David. Hashem Orivishi Mimi Ira which sometimes people call Ludavar Hashem Ori. But it's not Ludavar Hashem Ori. Oh my gosh. We have to understand what we're saying. So it's Lidavid. This is a Mizmor by David. Kama. Like some of the Tehillim have Lamnatseach Mizmor le so and so and so. That's what that Lidavid is. So it's it's an introductory word. Lidavid, Kama. Hashem Ori Vishi. God is my light and he's my savior. Mimi Ira. I have no one to be afraid of if God is my light and my savior. Hashem Oz Chayai, Mimi Ifchad. God is the fortress of my life. I have no one else to fear knowing that. So, just pointing that out, as I have probably done many times before, here's a a quick taste of Bitachon, uh, their a cappella version of Horeini Hashem Darkecha Unacheni Biorach Mishor. From the end of that very parak in Tehillim. My name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to today's Roshan, the Nachum Siegel Network. We're running long because Yoni is off today. So uh, we continue with some great Israeli music.
Vintage album Soul Food that was Bitachon with Hashem words from the Tehillim that we begin saying at the end of our Tfilat Shacharit. Some say it also after Marev, or some say it also after Mincha. Like many other things in Jewish life, it depends what your custom is. And uh, again, another report that just came in Israel. Uh, admits that uh, also that the army camp that was hit by the missile from Hezbollah was empty. It was emptied out earlier in the week, last week, I should say, and um, everything of value was also taken out. So Israel uh, was very ready for that attack. A quick election update... And then we'll call it a day. <laughs> I think the um, important news of last week of the ele- well, first of all, let's say that the elections has really now started in full force. Uh, the elections are 15 days away, September 17th. It's pretty amazing, and it's been pretty sleepy until now. One reason is it's the summertime and people are away and so forth and they're busy also with their kids and their families and don't have time or energy to focus on this. Another reason is that we just had elections in April and people are tired they have jet lag, election jet lag, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 
they've had it with the politics, they've had it with the name calling, and they've had it with all that stuff. But now that it's two weeks before, and now that kids are back in school, the election campaign has uh, has begun in earnest. And the most important, I think, uh, the most important thing that happened uh, this past week was the deal that was made between Benjamin Netanyahu and Moshe Feiglin. I have spoken many times on uh, on our show about how irresponsible it is for religious Zionist parties who know that they will never make the um, the the, uh, the minimum needed to make it into the Knesset, which is over 3% of the vote. They know that, and they know that if they don't make it, if they don't reach that, then all the votes that they got go to nobody. They're thrown in the garbage. And in the last election, between Bennett, Shaked, and Moshe Feiglin, a quarter of a million religious Zionist votes went down the drain. And the lesson was learned. Benin and Chaked joined the Baidud in a technical block, meaning after the elections they'll separate. But in order not to throw out votes, important votes for the right wing and for the religious Zionist camp. They got together and are running together. And there were two parties, two party leaders, that refused to uh, learn that lesson. One was Moshe Feiglin, and the other was Ben Gvir, Itamar Ben Gvir of Otsma Yehudit. Moshe Feiglin came to an agreement with uh, Netanyahu, Last week it was announced. He got a bunch of promises on a piece of paper. But if uh, past history is any measure, um, who knows if any of it is going to actually be, uh, any of these promises are going to be kept by Netanyahu. He was promised that he would be a minister. He was promised that the Knesset will... If if they win, if Netanyahu wins and has a coalition, the Knesset will pass a law legalizing medical marijuana, which is one of his big platforms. Actually, buried in the um, in the agreement is um, that Netanyahu will act in a way that will tell the police to allow Jewish prayer on Har Habayit and be less difficult and and act less harshly towards those who are uh, entering Har Habayit B'Kiddushah and so forth. So that is a good move. Otzma Yehudit and Rav Tau's party, Noam, continue to run without any doubt that there's going to be votes that are just going to be thrown out. Now, I have a feeling that Otsma Yehudit will cave at the last minute. Because they know they're not, they admit that they're not going to pass the threshold. 
So they're admitting that they're wasting votes. But they're hoping, I believe, like Fagelin did, they're hoping to get a deal from someone. And they're going to hold out and hold out. I hope that at some point before the elections, they just remove themselves from uh, from the uh, from the ballots. With Tao and Noam, I think they're pretty much on their way to stopping their run. They also know that they don't have enough votes to make the threshold, although you never know. But if they run, they too will be throwing votes. Important, important votes. Votes that can make a difference between a left-wing and a right-wing government. Yes, we've shot ourselves in the foot before. We shot ourselves in the foot 2,000 years ago. And we can shoot ourselves in the foot now. And we shot ourselves in the foot within this past year, the first set of elections. So all that's going on. We'll keep you apprised as we get closer. We'll, um, we'll close out this program with Odelia Berlin, Machni Seira Hamim. And uh, we'll say thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in, for listening. Thank you for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Yoni Pollock is off, so we've been running a little extra. After us, there will be a, uh, a music mix, which will take you until the top of the next hour. And then, Novak Now with Jake Novak. And the title of this week's edition of Novak Now is How Your Bubby Has Always Known How to Fix America. That's very cute. And then the Great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following J.M. and the Amos Mayor Weingarten, reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. Oh, no. They're just running in a different race. Before 
Mitrat Zerbidmah